The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about podcast monetization, one of my favorite topics. Joining us is Agnes Cozera, who is the co-founder at Podcorn, which is a self-service platform connecting tens of thousands of podcasters with hundreds of brands, including Sony, Hulu, and Amazon, for native advertising opportunities. Agnes led her team to an acquisition by Odyssey in under two years and has grown the Podcorn platform to 40,000 podcasters during the pandemic. And today, Agnes and I are going to talk about why 85% of podcasters aren't making any money. All right, here's my conversation with Agnes Cozera, who's the co-founder of Podcorn. Agnes, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. What a privilege to have you. It's your podcast royalty as the creator and or one of the co-founders of Podcorn. They recently went through an acquisition. So first off, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's surreal still. Happened very quickly the second time around. So very fun. So second acquisition for you. Tell me how long have you been working in the podcast space? A little over two years. It's all a blur, but yeah, still, I feel very fresh in it. It still feels like we're very early and there's lots to be done and very excited where the space is going. It's funny. You're one of the few people who I feel like I have more podcasting experience than, but yet you are farther along in the path. You've gone through an acquisition already. I've been doing the MarTech podcast for roughly three years, and I kind of felt like I was late to the game when it comes to podcasting. Obviously, it has changed dramatically over the last few years. So tell me a little bit before we start talking about monetization, about how you see some of the changes in podcasting and what are some of the things that you're excited about? Well, I come from the influencer space. Prior to Podcorn, I had co-founded a company called Famebit, which was a marketplace connecting brands and YouTubers for endorsements. And that company was acquired by Google in 2016. And we joined YouTube, which was phenomenal as well. But coming from the influencer and creator space, I really saw that podcasting lacked the infrastructure sort of like in the early days of the video influencer to connect both brands and podcasters for native sponsorships. There was more sort of, of an ad slot mentality in this space in terms of how podcasts were viewed by advertisers, not so much for the personality and the type of content they were creating, but much more so impression-based. So I felt like there was a need for mine and my co-founders expertise in this space. And 
our sort of fresh and different view on things. And we decided to build Podcorn. So you've come from a background where you've gone through a couple acquisitions and you worked with influencers and content creators across multiple different mediums. And one of the things that sticks out to me based on what you're saying about podcasting is this migration or transition from being an impression-based advertising medium to one where creators are able to wield and monetize influence. And one of them is very easy to count to track, you know, the number of impressions are an easy thing to point to. People generally look at downloads for podcast as the key metric. And then that doesn't necessarily translate into what the impact of being on a podcast is or what an ad campaign actually does for a brand. Attribution is a big problem. Talk to me about Podcorn's take on attribution and what value is actually being translated from the podcast content creator to the brand that's sponsoring them. First and foremost, I mean, the way we see it, and it's very quantifiable, is that impressions don't always relate to results. Just because you have the biggest podcaster, unless it's the right podcaster for your brand, it doesn't mean it's going to move product for you. So what we found is that podcasters, irrespective of size, whether it's a thousand listeners or whether it's 5,000 or a million, as long as they're the right fit for the brand, they can drive incredible conversions. And there's so much more to what makes a podcaster convert for a brand. It's their expertise in the topic. It's the length of the integration that the brand is getting, the airtime that they're getting, that them being part of the conversation goes a lot further than an ad that might yield a lot more impressions. And the way we kind of see it is that with podcasters and working with long and mid-tail podcasters, you can diversify your spend. You can get a lot more content, a lot more creative you get a lot more brand ambassadors and a lot more different voices speaking about your brand, which overall yields to greater ROI for brands. So we've seen this trend in the influencer space where, you know, let's use Kim Kardashian as an example, the mega influencer, the millions of downloads, or I guess they're not downloads in Kim Kardashian's world, millions of impressions and followers and these huge audiences because she is a public figure, because she is a celebrity and she's able to wield that reach by working with brands and helping people be aware of the brands. And that was sort of the first wave of the Instagram influencer businesses. And then we've seen the trend change to smaller micro-influencers or even medium-tier influencers where you're getting people with as small as 1,000, 10,000 followers that are talking about brands they love and being compensated for them. It sounds like you're saying that there's a potentially a similar trend happening in podcasting. Am I, am I reading into this right? Absolutely. You know, no one accidentally listens to a podcast. You seek out the personality, what they have to say. Studies show that people are seeking out podcasts for personal help and knowledge. So that means there's a huge opportunity for brands to connect with consumers in those moments. And it's more of a recommendation from a trusted friend versus sort of the traditional ad. So I think in addition to working with long and mid-tail podcasters, it's not necessarily that advertising against long and mid-tail is so successful. It's the fact that if you are doing native advertising and you're more integrated into the conversation, you know, we specialize in content that is more integrated, whether it's a whole thread ad or an interview segment or a product review or a how-to Brands are more part of the conversation and that integration and podcasters test the products, they're able to give 
more sort of like authentic reviews and endorsements of the brands that goes a lot further than an ad. So it's not just size, but it's the fact that it's more native content as well. Agnes, tell me a little bit about monetization and the landscape. How many podcasters are actually making money? What's the general range? When do you start thinking about making money from a podcast? Well, the data shows that majority of podcasters haven't been able to monetize. 85% of podcasters, in fact, have not been able to monetize through traditional advertising. And that's because it's very heavily impression-based and doesn't quantify all the other great value that podcasters bring of all sizes. And, you know, majority of podcasters have not been able to monetize because of the CPM and they have not been able to access even the traditional advertising opportunities through, because most traditional ad agencies wait for podcasters to be bigger before they service them. So they don't even get to access them. And the ones that do make pennies per listener hour. So that's really the reason why we started the company is because we firsthand working with influencers already knew the incredible value that they have. The fact that they can move product for brand irrespective of size, that it's more about fit and finding the right creator and wanted to show podcasters that it doesn't matter. A thousand downloads of the right listener, if it's a perfect fit for the brand, whether you are a product trying to reach parents and there's a thousand moms that are actively listening and are looking up to this creator for their advice and their expertise, or whether it's a health and fitness or nutrition expert speaking to people who are looking for nutrition advice, and it's a nutrition-based product, that's incredibly valuable. So when I first started out in podcasting, somebody told me that you can make more than beer money from a podcast when you have 10,000 downloads. And at the time, that seemed like an astronomic figure. Getting to 10,000 downloads was going to take a really long time and require a lot of effort, content production, budget for editing, budget for promotion. Truthfully, for me, it took roughly, including half of my time, let's say that's $100,000 and $25,000 a budget. It cost me about $125,000 to get to the 10,000 download per month mark. And then what I was faced with is I tried to monetize the podcast. And if I were to go through an agency or one of the traditional routes for monetization, I'd be asked to sell my inventory somewhere between a $20 to $50 CPM. Well, at 10,000 downloads, a $20 to $50 CPM is nothing. It's a couple hundred bucks. So why would you put a year of your life into creating a podcast to make a couple hundred bucks? I think the CPM model for the small and medium size, you know, the mid and long tail podcasters is broken. How do you recommend podcasters think about monetization in the early stages of their podcast growth? I mean, we allow podcasters to price themselves based on a flat fee. And we do a flat fee, not based on impression for the reasons you just mentioned. And there's so much more value that you're getting. And we want to ensure that podcasters are getting paid for the work that they do, that your work is not just based off of impressions. You're the creator, the writer, the producer of the content. You're creating the idea for the brand of what you're going to do for them. So There's so much more work and so much more value that goes into it. So we allow podcasters to price themselves based off of these factors. Now, there are some podcasters that still want to use the CPM model to price themselves. And they use a range anywhere, what we see on the platform, between $15 to $50 CPM, depending on sort of what they're doing. So they might be on the lower end for a host red ad, but then we see them charging more of a $50 CPM That's how they sort of calculate their flat fee off of for anything that's a longer integration. But we opened up the marketplace to allow podcasters to decide for themselves what their time and effort is worth. 
depending on how much they love the brand or what they're asked to do or how much their listeners would love the brand and so forth. So Agnes, I understand that podcasters are able to choose their own rates, you know, most of the time, specifically with Podcorn. If you're looking to work with an agency or if you're looking to go through an agency to have a large sponsor, they're going to come back to you and say, we want our rates to be between $25 and $50. So some brands are only going to buy on a CPM basis. And other brands, if you're able to go direct, are more interested in doing deeper integrations. You mentioned some of them, but talk to me about some of the other ways that podcasters are monetizing their content if they're not going through the traditional dynamically inserted ad CPM model. Well, they're doing native advertising. And the difference is that with traditional ads, podcasters don't always have as much control as to like what content gets advertised against their podcast. That's also for brands. They don't always have so much control of what podcasts they're advertised against. And while traditional advertising is a lot more scalable, it's less engaging because you're kind of withdrawn from the personality, you're withdrawn from the content. So you're missing that connection with the fans. So it's really what we're seeing podcasters do and what we're seeing brands gravitate towards more nowadays is finding the right voices and doing more integrated content within the episodes. Now, when you say integrated content, one of the things we do here at the MarTech podcast is advertorial content. We will have speakers who are paying for a placement come on and talk about something that is specific to their company, their industry. We do not do long, drawn-out sales pitches, but if somebody wants to reserve a space and essentially buy larger formats or longer pieces of content, we'll work with them. We call it advertorial content. What are some of the other integrations that you mentioned? You can pay to be a speaker, a pay-to-play model. What else is there in terms of integrating with content? There's obviously sort of like the brand shout-outs at the beginning, middle, or end of a podcast that it could be like a favorites integration where a podcaster talks about like their favorite, their latest favorite products that they're loving right now. And if the advertiser is one of those brands, they mention them. It could be a topical discussion. That's something like talking about a topic within the brand's industry that the brand is woven into more organically. It could be a giveaway, a how-to, a product review, and sort of an unboxing So for products, especially that require a little bit more education that are more expensive, Native is great because you can go a lot more deeper. I love talking about this example, but Lumen, a company that helps you hack your metabolism, it's a startup. They actually worked with long and mid-tail podcasters through Podcorn, and they worked with experts who are nutrition experts, fasting experts, and they did interviews and more kind of topical discussions where The brand got to talk about their founding story, the science behind the product, and they saw a 300% return. That just goes to show you how much power there is in providing a lot more knowledge. And that's something that you can especially do, not just through native, but native in podcasts. I mean, on YouTube, you have 10 minutes, right? With Instagram, you might have 15 seconds to engage someone. But within podcasts, you might on average have 30 minutes and that allows podcasters to go deeper and more integrated in a lot more ways than on other mediums. And it's also less expensive than YouTube or Instagram for that matter. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? 
Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. One of the things that I tell our prospects is that the advertising placement in podcasting is great because you get a lot of frequency in a very targeted audience. If you're reaching out to this podcast, if you're a sponsor on this show, the people that are listening are professional marketers. They make generally, oh, you know, somewhere between seventy-five to over two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. The vast majority of them have graduated college. Their working age is, you know, twenty-eight to forty-five years old. You get a picture of who you're reaching, and if you want frequency amongst that audience, buy the advertising. But if you want depth of message, if you want that audience to really understand who you are, what your brand is about, for them to think of you as an authority, then you need to buy advertorial content. And you need to get in front of them and have an opportunity to talk and not necessarily plead your case, but speak their language and let them get to know you. I think that the value in what you're talking about with the integrations is the depth of the message, not the frequency. And you need both of them to have not only awareness, but consideration. Then there's the question of what's in it for the brand. So talk to me about why brands are so attracted to podcasting as a medium of marketing. Well, it takes authenticity to a whole other level than sort of the mediums that I talked about, because as I said, with YouTube, you get 10 minutes with podcasting, you might get 30 minutes to go deeper on a topic. So it definitely takes authenticity to another level. When you compare it to radio advertising with podcasting, the listenership, the audiences are younger. So you're tapping into a younger demographic and the demographic continues to grow among 12 to 34 year olds with podcasting as more YouTubers and Instagrammers are moving into podcasting and starting podcasts and attracting that listenership. So you're tapping into a different audience, but it's also the engagement that you're getting because you're part of a conversation, you're in someone's ear, you're able to reach people in really unique moments. Whereas with screen time, it has limits. Your time, I like to say, is limitless because whether someone is jogging or doing house chores or painting and being creative, they can still tune into a podcast and you're able to reach people in moments that you can't with other mediums. Now, that's a positive and at times a negative. P 
people can listen to podcasts while they're commuting. They can listen while they're washing the dishes. They can listen to this podcast specifically while they're on the treadmill. Generally 15 to 25 minute length. That's pretty much how long I would last on a treadmill. <laughs> the problem with that is when they're listening and their hands are busy and there's no sort of digital interaction, creates a big problem for attribution. So how are brands recognizing the value that they get from podcasts? And how do they think about that from an ROI perspective if they're not necessarily just working on a CPM basis? Well, majority of our brands have been relying on coupon codes, and that's how they've been able to track conversions through individual podcasters. We do have a product in progress that we're going to be unveiling shortly that I can't speak too much about, but that's going to be around attribution and allowing brands to track attribution through personality-driven content without the need for coupon codes. But yeah, I mean, there's also, you know, the stuff that you can't measure, which is the brand ambassadorship, the relationship that you have with the creator, the personality, and the fact that you are building brand association and, and making your brand memorable in a way that you can't just do with a 15, 30 second ad. And that's incredibly powerful. Coupon codes are one way to think about attribution, vanity URLs. Hey, come get this offer by using the promo code MARTECH at checkout or go to podcorn.com slash MARTECH for this special offer. There are other attribution platforms. We're a big fan of pod sites. I know that Chartable is another one out there. Podcorn soon to be launching their own attribution platform as well. There's ways that you can take the data that we get from podcasting, which is pretty limited. We generally get a user agent, an IP address, a device ID potentially, and try to figure out who was listening and what their interaction was with a digital property. We've come a long way when it comes to podcast attribution, but generally I think of it as a space that is behind the value of the medium, which leaves brands in a tough spot. Podcast advertising really does work. Being integrated into podcasting is an incredibly valuable medium to get your message across and figuring out if it works is a pain in the ass. Yeah. I think that's the power of scale too. You know, when you work with a hundred podcasters versus putting all your eggs in one basket with one big podcaster, you diversify your spend. You have a lot more chances to succeed. You get a lot more messages and a lot more creative content, especially with native. It's not cookie cutter, right? Like the brands that use Podcorn, majority of them don't use a script. They allow podcasters to bring their own flavor into the endorsement. So you get, for instance, 100 different pieces of content that you can then potentially repurpose the best ones for ads if you want to. But there's power in scale. And you can test different verticals. You can see what works. You know, We've had gaming companies who think they want to work with gaming podcasts, but then through testing different verticals, they realize that true crime converts better for them. And, and that's because it's targeting women and they might be a mobile game targeting females. So there's really value in scale and testing and seeing what works. And that's what we really pride ourselves in is that we really help brands succeed because we give them the ability to test. So as brands start to migrate away from the mega influencers in the podcast space down to the medium size and smaller podcasters, what advice do you have for those podcasters to start thinking about monetization and start making sure that they're maximizing the output, the revenue that they can get from the work they're doing? Just pitch yourself, just send brands a proposal on Podcorn. It costs nothing for podcasters to sign up, send a proposal and show your passion for the brand, do your research about the brand, make sure that you don't copy and paste the same proposal for all the advertisers. 
And yeah, just put yourself out there and show your expertise in the topic. Sometimes your podcast might be a parenting podcast, but you might also be a fitness guru. Put that out there. And if that's a fitness brand that you want to work with, that you also create that type of content or that you are an expert on that topic and lead with the creative, lead with the idea. We allow on Podcorn for podcasters to record an audio proposal, not just a written proposal for a brand. So a lot of podcasters use that to record an ad or record sort of their endorsement that they want to do for the brand and give them an example. A lot of them have already used the product that they want to partner with. So they're able to speak very passionately about it. I think at the end of the day, passion goes a long way. Brands want to work with creators who are passionate and get their message and want to collaborate. I think that's great advice. The last thing that I would add on to that is you have to understand what brands are trying to accomplish and understand the type of content and who your audience is. Through your hosting provider, you can get a fair amount of data in terms of the geography, what are the apps that people are using to listen to your content. Through services like Chartable, like Podsites, you can also get information about who those people are. And also you can look at what some of your social engagements are and try to figure out the actual people that are listening. As an example, you know, I look at my LinkedIn and seeing who's engaging with our content, talking about the MarTech podcast. And I use that as a proof point to brands that are potentially going to be our sponsors to show them what the titles are of the people that are working. There's ways to figure out who's listening to your audience. You can get a little creative. That is a fantastic point because there's so much more to a creator than just their podcast listenership. It's sort of like an entire influencer profile. A lot of creators that are moving from YouTube, they have established audiences on YouTube, but they're just new to podcasting or they have more of an Instagram following than they do on their podcast. And leveraging that audience and telling the brand about it is a really important factor in commending higher pricing and, and getting hired and standing out. And it also gives brands a more holistic view of who you are as a personality and what your capabilities are. I think that's great advice. Agnes, congratulations again on the acquisition. Welcome to the podcast space. You're making the rest of us look bad. (laughs) You're very sweet. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Agnes Cozera, the co-founder of Podcorn. If you'd like to get in touch with Agnes, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Agnes Cozera. That's A-G-N-E-S-K-O-Z-E-R-A. Or you could visit her company's website, which is podcorn.com, P-O-D-C-O-R-N.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.
Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.